ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. I put my arm around him and give him a hug and tell him that uh, these things are lessons in life. That's Socceroos coach Graham Arnold coming to the defence of Lewis Miller after the Aussies lost their Asian Cup quarterfinal against South Korea. Why is he defending him? Because Miller was involved in two incidents that gave away a free kick and a penalty, which led to their opposition scoring twice and the keyboard warriors have chimed in. It's a Taylor's oldest time. Player makes mistake, team loses, fans are angry and need an outlet to vent. But why is it that that outlet is so often the comment section or the DMs of players and officials? And how can we hold these people to account? I'm Poppy Penny and this is ABC Sport Daily. Ned Hall is a football commentator for the ABC and Ned, I hate that we are having to have this discussion but it's a really, really important one. The Socceroos were 1-0 up going into stoppage time on Saturday morning. Can you walk me through the series of events that landed them 2-1 down at the end of the match? Yeah, um, a really disappointing end and another for the uh, the catalogue of of near misses for, for Australian football. Um, look, they went past the, the 90th minute, um, still leading by a goal to nil. But unfortunately, in the 95th minute, um, they conceded a penalty. Lewis Miller was uh, judged to have uh, brought down Sun Kyung Min. There's a whole phalanx of defenders around him. Is he good enough to get away from all of them? Lewis Miller, oh, penalty, says referee. Lewis Miller says he played the ball. Graham Idle can't believe it. And uh, referee pointed to the spot, and uh, it was dispatched by the Wolves striker, Huang Chi Yun. This is huge. One kick or one save could spell the difference for the Socceroos. It is Huang Chi Chan. The stadium falls silent. And he powers it into the back of the net. And so they were one all. So it went into extra time. In extra time, Aidan O'Neill was sent off for the Socceroos. Well, that's disastrous for the Socceroos. It's all come apart at the seams. And then Lewis Miller, unfortunately, conceded another free kick. Uh, and this one was put into the back of the net by Sung Kyung Min, the Spurs player, uh, world-class player. Key moment, potentially, this in this quarterfinal. Son Hyung Min, oh, it's a brilliant goal. It's a sensational free kick. Son Hyung Min might be taking the Korean Republic to the semi-finals. And Korea went on to go and win the match by two goals to one. So they go through to a semi-final against Jordan, which you'd expect them to win and make it through to the final. And I think now they're probably up there as favourites to win the tournament. And, and that could have been Australia. So you touched on the two incidents that gifted Korea their two goals. Lewis Miller was involved in both of those. And as we know, Ned, sports fans can be fickle. So what has the response been from, inverted commas, fans since the loss? Um, It's been very harsh and it's been very pointed, mostly in the direction of, of Lewis Miller, who was involved in both of those incidents. It's interesting when you watch them back and you break them down, particularly the one for the penalty. He's... Harshly adjudged in my mind to have uh, have brought the player down. He's gone and slid in and made the challenge, but it almost looks like he's got to the ball. But that is what happens when you make these challenges in, in, in difficult situations in matches. Referees can be a bit trigger happy if there's any contact. They'll they'll penalise you for it. Maybe showed a bit of inexperience from the youngster. It's hard coming on off the bench uh, as, a, as a defender late on in a, a really highly charged match like that. 
And so, yeah, people have targeted a lot of abuse at Lewis Miller as a result of this. But Son Heung-min wriggled away and Lewis Miller a little rash in the challenge. And it's stoppage time. Australia have cracked. And at some of his other Australian teammates as well. And the, 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 the feeling of goodwill around the team um, instantly you know, dismissed and, and the amount of abuse that's flung towards them has, uh, has gone through the roof. It's really disappointing to see, and you see players calling this sort of thing out all the time, but his teammates have responded. What have they said? Look, a, a few of them have come out straight away. Harry Souter, one of his defensive colleagues. And yeah, I don't want to single anyone out because I've made mistakes in the past. You know, the Mexico game comes to mind. So like I said earlier, we win as a team, we lose as a team. It's one of them. That only makes it 1-1. We're, we're still in the game. We've still, still created chances after that. Bruno Fornaroli has also come out and, and spoken out in support of teammates like Lewis Miller and Mitch Duke, who's also copped um, a lot of online abuse and stepping away from social media. And Graham Arnold, he's, he's been very good before the match anyway, at creating that siege mentality and pulling the squad of players together. You learn from these type of things and and uh, you move forward. There's no doubt that in amongst the group, they will be entirely supportive of, of Lewis Miller and, and the comments that have come out from the players back that up, that they wouldn't be blaming him for giving those well, one penalty and one free kick away, that it, it's basically other issues within the match that obviously have cost Australia the win overall. He's 23 years old, Lewis Miller. He's only played a handful of games for the Socceroos. We've seen players quit the game over this kind of abuse and this kind of vitriol. How damaging can moments like this be if not handled well enough? Look, really damaging. And I think that's why it's so important that the team have rallied around him. And I know for a fact Graham Arnold will have had his arm around him and have told him to brush it all off. The fortunate thing in some senses is that he's playing his football in Scotland at the moment. So he goes and, and heads back over there and goes and plays for Hibs in the Scottish Premier League. And so he's not probably as directly aware of any of the, the backlash and the outcry that may have been taking place in Australia. Yes, sure, social media is a global thing, but you know he's not day-to-day -day taken up by what's happening there. He's got other things on his mind. You know, these boys will be on a plane in the next five or six hours to get back to their clubs and he's got to get back to his club and uh, obviously... It's a different environment to here and he'll, he'll be fine. But you've got to think about, you know, the next time he pulls on a Socceroos shirt and, and comes to play a match maybe in Australia, whether he's got that there at the back of his mind um, and the concerns that there are people out there who weren't big fans of his and, and directed abuse towards him. It, it definitely takes the shine off representing your country and, and adds this extra pressure around when you go to represent your country at these big tournaments, just knowing that, you know, one wrong move or if anything goes wrong at the tournament, that you're liable to, to, to cop a load of flack from a bunch of online warriors who decide to, uh, to, to blame you for any result. FIFA and FIFA Pro released a report late last year, and this is really interesting and it plays into this, into online abuse during the Women's World Cup. And they found that one in five players during that tournament copped online abuse. The good thing about playing a team sport is it's never one's, one person's fault or it's never one person that made the team win. And I think without Ellie, our whole team, I mean, Tony probably tell you, our whole team plan probably changes. She's such an amazing player for us. We've seen charges laid against a Queensland man just this month for sending messages to a referee and his wife during the Rugby World Cup. Why is it that these sorts of big events just seems to bring out the worst in some people? Uh, yeah, I wish I knew that. That's a sort of a million dollar question, isn't it, really, in terms of why it affects certain people in that particular way. And you look around any of the major, you know, the big sporting events, 
you know, you go back to England losing the penalty shootout against uh, Italy in the, the last European Championships and the abuse that was uh, sent towards the, the players who missed penalties in that and, and lots of players who missed penalty kicks in major major events. It, it's It's like people are just waiting to sort of let off steam in a particular way. And if you're a supporter of a team and you're disappointed that they've lost, you're looking for some way of taking that out on somebody. Oh dear, there are one or two youngsters in tears in that Australian contingent. Unfortunately, that is football. Tears of joy, but also tears of despair. And social media gives people a very easy outlet to do that. And up until now, pretty much anonymously, you can go online and say whatever you want to, to a lot of people and abuse them in, in whatever way you like, with seemingly very few repercussions, which is why I think that the fact that world rugby has, has taken action and that there are criminal charges being taken against somebody could be a bit of a watershed moment for this, because if they're going to strip away people's anonymity, people might think twice before sending horrific messages to people online over what they perceive as them doing wrong in a sporting event. So this kind of leads us on to a you know a much broader question that is basically as old as social media is, and this has been <laughs> happening for some time. How can we protect athletes and those involved in sport? Because it's not just footballers, as we talk about. It's rugby officials, it's AFL players, it's NRL players, it's athletes across basically all codes. How can we protect them from this kind of vitriol? What, what can we do? <laughs> Well, this is what I thought was most interesting about the the, the issue with the, the the referee and the guy in Queensland is that World Rugby at the start of the tournament had put something in place that they referred to as the threat matrix that they'd put in place to basically monitor various different accounts across the whole of the World Cup. They'd brought in a partner group to keep their eyes on what was happening. I think nearly 1,600 abusive accounts were flagged and they removed a lot of the content that was involved in that. However, they've stepped that up now um, and followed up on some of the more serious incidents of, of abuse there to try and take press criminal charges, which, as I say, if you root out people who are doing this sort of behaviour, it definitely will send a message and send a warning that you're not doing this entirely anonymously and behind the protection of a, of a social media account. Yes, people set up all sorts of accounts that aren't necessarily related to them, and you can hide behind those, but the fact that... There is a, a tool out there now for people to try and keep an eye on who is sending the abuse and have the willingness to follow that up and potentially press criminal charges. That, I think, is something that definitely needs to happen. And I'm, I'm really pleased to see it happening because, as I say, that for me, it's just the fact that people can go out there, send abuse anonymously, put their phone away afterwards and not even think twice about it without the thing about the damage that they're doing to other people's lives. It, it's given them a, a protection for a long time. And if, if they can be tracked down and charged over this, I think you will see a reduction in the amount of abuse that goes on towards uh, players and officials around these big events. Well, we hope to see a lot less of it because it's something that we don't want to have to talk about. We want to talk about athletes' wonderful performances on the pitch and not what people are saying to them off it. Ned Hall, thanks so much for your time today. Pleasure. Headlines. An inquest into the death of NRL player Keith Titmus has heard that he was killed by exertional heat stroke. The Manly Sea Eagle collapsed after a training session in 2020 and the inquest heard that Mr Titmus had a body temperature of 41.9 degrees Celsius before being rushed to hospital and suffering a cardiac arrest. The maximum air temperature on the day he collapsed was just under 25 degrees. The inquiry continues. 
Cricket and Australia have sewn up the ODI series against the West Indies with an 83-run win off the back of Sean Abbott hitting excellent form at the right time. The quick bowler showed off his all-rounder capability, scoring 69 off 63 balls and then went on to take three wickets as the Aussies bowled the Windies out for 175. It bowls now and he swings at this and he's got under it and he's lofted it away over wide mid on for six towards the old hill. A six to Abbott. The win has come at a cost though, with batter Matt Short ruled out for the third fixture with a hamstring strain. He'll be replaced in the squad by Queenslander Ben McDermott. And mogul skier Jakara Anthony has written her name into the history books and underlined it after winning her 19th World Cup event over the weekend. The win makes her Australia's most successful mogul skier in history, overtaking Dale Begg-Smith. We actually did a whole podcast last week covering all the Aussies doing amazing things in snow sports around the world, despite the lack of snow to practice on here in Australia. That link is in the show notes. You know the drill. I'm Poppy Penny and this is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Jason Ford. Thanks to Paramount Plus and Football Australia for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.